She's All That. Welcome to the She's All That video podcast. Thanks for being with me today. And today is going to be a really interesting show all about speaking from the stage. My guest today is Tony Caruso, who is the founder and the CEO of the Academy for Speakers. Tony has 30 years of experience as an event producer and organizer, and she's made speaking from the stage the core of her business, both by being a sought after speaker herself, but also as a teacher, a guide, and a mentor, showing speakers, authors, and coaches how to maximize their impact, monetize their message, and build a community of raving fans through speaking. Wow, Tony, we can do all that just through speaking? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait to get into this and hear all about this. Now, so you've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm only 12. I Who knew? <laughs> Time warp, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. I've heard you say, in addition to maximizing someone's impact and monetizing their message and building a community, being an effective speaker is your ticket to breakthrough results. I've also heard you say speaking is one of the fastest ways to build your business and showcase your knowledge and expertise. How does this all work in someone's business? Well, if you think about it, how do you get in front of a large group of people? You can spend hours doing one-on-one and having coffee meetings and having phone calls and now Zoom meetings, and it's one-on-one. It takes time out of your day and it takes energy and it takes a lot of effort to close a deal. Wouldn't it be nice to get on a stage in front of 20, 30, 40, 500 people? So it's one to many. And you tell your story and you share your message and you offer them to come and work with you. It's just faster. And let me tell you, the power of the microphone. Like, as you know, you've got the microphone. You are in charge when you're up on that stage. You are the expert in your field. I guess the very fact that you've been invited to be on that stage and the lights are on you and everyone's asked to be quiet and listen to you. Yes, that just imbues you with automatic authority. Exactly. Wow. So you had been doing this for for 30 years, but you yourself just got into speaking professionally. Was it six years ago? Well, to be honest, I have always been in the back of the room. I've always produced things and I'm the organizer and I'm going through it all and I'm making sure everything works. And I'm the girl in black in the back of the room. And just recently, uh, I have been asked to step forward. So the more I've stepped forward and gotten on the stage and shared what I know, more people have said, oh my gosh, I need to know more. And I found that there is a real niche missing in the speaking world. Everybody is talking about, oh, you got to have your message clear and oh, you got to have your PowerPoints perfect and oh, what you look like, but they don't teach the business of speaking. And that's where a lot of speakers have make mistakes. Ah, and so you are uniquely positioned having been on both sides of it. Well, and I've seen the mistakes they've made and I've, I've been there when they've done it and it's just, it's sad. And you're watching these people fail on stage and it's really not their fault. They just have not educated themselves as to what they should be doing on the stage and off to maximize their impact. You know, there's so many different ways to do that. And I think that there are a lot of uh, missing links that people just, they just don't know what they don't know. So what's the problem? It's speaking. Most people know how to talk. We all have been talking since we were children. So what's the difference between somebody who just has a story to tell and they want to get their message out there versus somebody who's a really professional speaker? Well, think about it as a car salesman. 
and you go in and you go to the dealership and there's always those guys standing in a line and they're jumping at you like I'm next, you know? Right, right, right. And they jump at you and like, what do you need? What do you want? You know, and they're constantly on you to buy, buy, buy. It's always the guy that I look for is standing in the back and you just kind of go, you know, I need a little help. Could you answer some questions? Absolutely. And you have a conversation. So if you think of it as your stage, as that kind of impact, you don't want to be the car salesman. You want to be the one having the conversation. So if you think about getting on stage and having a conversation with your audience, instead of getting on stage with the ultimate goal of selling something, it's a mindset and it's the way that you step onto that stage and how the audience sees you. Because if you're that slick car salesman and you're up there and you're like off stage, you're like, hi, I'm Joe, da, da, da. But on stage, you're like, I'm Joe and I'm going to be doing, you know, it's a whole personality thing. And I will deal a lot with women and that'll turn a woman off immediately. Mm -hmm. So you have to be authentic on the stage. You have to be true to yourself and you have to have a conversation with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like put yourself in their shoes, like as if you're having a conversation face to face. Yeah. So a well, little bit of human intelligence. Well, it's like what we're doing now. It's mm -hmm. not like you gave me a list of questions and I'm going to ask you this and then you're going to answer that. And it's all staged and scripted. We're having a conversation. We're making it interesting and engaging for the audience. And we're giving them, hopefully, what will help them in their business. And yeah. if you go onto the stage with the premise of, I am sharing a message that there is someone in this audience that really needs me right now. And I am going to talk to that person and I am going to help them overcome whatever challenge they have. But mm -hmm. if you go on there and say, oh, there's 50 people in the room. I need to close 10%. I'm going to sell my $2,000 program and I'm going to work walk out of here with thousands of dollars. If that's your goal and your mindset, you're never going to accomplish anything because you're going to be selling and not yeah. sharing. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about that person that is doing it right and they're having that conversation, that actually creates a really complex uh, scenario that you as the speaker have to put together because it's not actually a conversation. You have to have already thought ahead as to what might they want to ask or what do they need to know. So you've had to put yourself in the shoes of your listeners. Exactly. And they created a, that. I come from the audience because I have been in the audience for so long. I come from the audience side. So I look at it as, are you engaging with the audience? Are you asking them questions? Are you keeping them interested? Are you just putting slide after slide after slide? And you know, you have a 45 minute speech and the first 15 minutes is all about you and your background and how amazing you are. You know, we don't care about you. Exactly. It, we, and it's we not might. about you. We might yeah. later. Once we yeah. get to know you and like you, then we might want to know something about you. But, but you know, get up there and entertain and engage and be authentic and share with us. And then, you know, if you throw in, well, you know, a story and I know the story because this happened to me, that's fine. Yeah. But it's, you know, they go up there and it's all about them and in, and they will fail every time. It's all mm -hmm. about the audience. I would think that if somebody does that every time, there wouldn't be too many opportunities for failure because nobody's going to have you back. Okay. What's really crazy about that is I've seen speakers over and over again. They pay to be on stage and there are a lot of event oh. people who are looking for those pay to play. So if you're willing to pay the money to get on the stage and there are people, I've seen people that have been that salesy guy and they close people. There are 
their ideal clients could be in the room and they might make a couple of sales so they feel it was worth their time. But if you're trying to build your business and grow that speaking business and get on bigger stages without having to pay the thousands of dollars to do it, mm -hmm. then you have to really hone your skills. Yeah, you've got to be a little more strategic than just yes. like today's few wins versus yeah. a yeah. burgeoning career. Right. So with, with somebody that works with people who want to either be speakers or become better speakers, if they've got that mindset of, I'm going to get up there and I'm just going to sell, can you? Can you work with that? Like, have you been successful in going, okay, let's slow down. And well, have you been able to change their mind? Well, it's not, you don't change their mind as to selling. You change their message and you okay. say, hey, listen, you know, what's your story? Let's sit down and, and what's your story and, and why? What's your why? Why'd you get into it? So if you go down to somebody's why, why they're speaking on stage, that tells you a little more of who they are as a person. And if you can get them to share their stories, that makes them more personable, more authentic, more real, more approachable. And then you work from there on their signature talk. Yes. I was going to say, um, you know, like, cause I've seen some of the stuff uh, in your material about magnify you. Your goal is to help clients magnify the power of their story to elevate right. themselves, their business and their audience. Um, and yeah, I so agree, whether it's the stage, on camera, or behind the mic, it's story. But it's not just any story. As you say, get your authentic voice happening, but then you got to find that brand story. Right. But for you, how, how do you do that with clients? Do you work with them individually, or do you just tell them how to do it? Well, a lot of times we go through a process of, what are the 10 things that your clients want? Now, how are you uniquely qualified to handle those things? Because a lot of times, even for me, when I was doing my program, I went out and I did research and I asked speakers, what is your biggest challenge? What's your biggest obstacle? And they told me, and to be honest, things that I had on my list weren't even on their list. They gave me some other things. So you have to ask your ideal clients, what is it about me that you like working with me? You know, tell me what it is about my personality and the way I, I work. And then also tell me what are your biggest pains? If I had a magic wand and I wove it, what would you like? And then will you know what your clients want? Then you figure out, can you give that to them? And from and that, then you build you do, a story. You build a story because if you don't know what they want, you're going to be up there all the time, just pretending like, oh, you know, there's so many people and you've seen them. I mean, you've worked with them and they're out there and they're like, you give their 60 second and their 60 second introduction is I'm going to take you from this to this and we're going to 10 K your business. And it's like, you don't know me. You yeah. don't know anything about me. Tell me about you. I started out as an entrepreneur five years ago and I was, you know, happy making a thousand dollars a month. Well, today I'm making $10,000 a month and I've learned from my mistakes and, and I want to help other people go through that process without falling in those holes I did. Isn't that a better way than saying I can 10K your business, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a little more authentic, unique, and you kind of, you want people to lean in and go, Ooh, I want to know more. Yeah. Now for somebody like yourself, who, as you say, you were that woman at the back of the room, you know, making everything run like a Swiss watch, but you also had the experience of being on the stage. You found it surprising when you asked people like, what are the things you had the biggest challenges with? 
which I think is a lesson to all of us, never assume. What were some of the things that you found that they were reporting they had the biggest problems with? Well, most speakers have the biggest problems with their biggest thing is I want to get on more stages. I want more oh. gigs. You know, that's number one. And some people are like, I have a real fear of public speaking. I know that I have to do it, but I'm afraid to do it. I don't think that I come across well, you know? So you have to tell them, you know, it's just practice. No one was perfect the first time. And I always tell people, don't aim for that big stage when you're just beginning because you don't want to make a mistake on a big stage. Mm -hmm. Make your mistakes on little stages. Learn yeah. from those and make sure you get videotaped so you can watch it over again and go, oh, that joke didn't work. Or yeah, I wasn't really good there. And then hone it so that when those bigger stages come available, you can step on and you've made all those mistakes and you can knock it out of the park. That's excellent advice. Yes. And yes. I truly believe right now um, in this virtual world, everyone should be having their own stages. They should be doing webinars. They should be doing virtual events. They should be um, hosting small little happy hours. Whatever it is, they can do it and practice their shtick or their story or their messaging with different people in a very safe little environment with 10 or 12 people. I was doing, when we first got locked down, I was doing happy hours every night and bringing in an expert. We were having a great time talking and learning and just, you know, getting people comfortable talking virtually, you yeah, know? Yeah. So you've just got to practice. Now, what is, I mean, speaking has been your world mm -hmm. and events. Um, but, and as you say, during the pandemic, we, we all were suddenly shifted, thrust forward into this whole world of vir virtual communications. We're not going back to what it was, but what is happening now in business that there's so much more need for this, for people, as you say, to be getting on doing webinars and doing trainings and doing groups. What do you, from your vantage point, see happening in this post-pandemic world that this is now more necessary than ever? Well, we're never going back to all live. We're never going back, please, to all virtual. Um, I have just attended, I just drove to Reno and went to a live event last week, and it was just so nice to be in the room. But what we're doing, I'm doing a lot of events in the fall, some of them live, and some of them are going to be hybrid. We're going to be live streaming. So they're all going to be those people that we're going to be able to reach out to nationwide that weren't available to attend the events that we normally had, and they'll be able to do it live streaming, and we'll have... Um, different people interacting and engaging with them virtually because you have to keep them involved yeah. in the room and then also have the live aspect as well. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot of hybrid. I don't think the Zoom meetings and the, the um, virtual events are going anywhere anytime soon because there are people that have found this to be a comfortable way for them to do business and they feel safe and they feel good in their home, whatever. Mm-hmm. God bless them. And that's what they want to continue doing. So you're not going to have that 100% show up at your live event. You're going to have a little bit of everything. So as somebody who's also an event producer, that has just added this whole layer of complexity to what you do. Yeah. It, the opportunities there, now you can reach so many more people, both absolutely. you and participants and speakers. Absolutely. But you have to learn how to engage the audience. You can't just 
open it up, put a mic up and start talking to them. They're zoomed out. And in the beginning, people were doing these Zoom events that were eight, 10 hour days. And it was like, oh my God, I can't sit here anymore. I got neck spasms because I was sitting at my desk for, for too long. And so now you do short spurts, do smaller events, do maybe a couple of days and they're half days. Um, but make sure it's engaging. I always have like a VIP cocktail hour, happy hour the night before. And then I have a coffee networking um, before the event in the morning. And then I always do breakout rooms throughout the day so people can interact. Mm -hmm. And I've had yoga instructors come in, breathing instructors come in. I've had dance parties come in. You've got to keep that audience involved and energized and keep their energy up because I mean, how many times have you been on an event? And I know a lot of you right now might be watching this and you're on your computer typing in and doing work. I mean, everybody is what they call multitasking. Yeah. So they're not listening and giving 100% to everything. So you have to really work hard. And as a speaker, you have to have more energy. You have to be more up and you've got to, you know, really do that because you'll say a joke and you don't hear any laughter. You know, they might be laughing. You don't hear it. So you have to be able to keep that energy up and keep going and keep them engaged and entertained um, throughout your talk so that, you know, when you get to your close and you do your offer, they're still listening. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to even just like the old traditional speaking from the stage, the, a lot of people aren't naturally prepared to come up with the, with the animation and the, the energy that you need to do that. Right. Is that something that you work with? I mean, not, not even just how you do it virtually, but even just like within yourself, when you're telling your story, when you're giving your speech or your talk, do you work personally with people to help them achieve that level of kind of that extra 10% that they need? Well, absolutely. And we talk about, you know, if there's a podium, <laughs> don't even look at it. It's not there. It's do not stand behind a podium. Do not stand behind anything. That's a wall between you and the audience. If you can always have a wireless mic or one of the little Janet Jackson, I call them mics, mm -hmm. um, so that you can walk around and move. Use your hands, use your body, walk around. If you're standing still, mm -hmm. non-verbally, you're telling your audience that you're not interesting and you're bored and it's your non-verbal communication. Because remember, 93% mm -hmm. of everything that we give to an audience is non-verbal. Only three, mm. only 7% is what we're saying. So if they're only listening 7%, what are you telling them? By the way, you're dressed. We have a stylist that works with you. Um, how are you presenting yourself on brand? What do your PowerPoint presentations look like? A lot of people, and I've seen this, you know, talk about mistakes where you put too much information on a PowerPoint and everyone's reading it and you're actually reading it. I had yeah. a luncheon once and my speaker was reading off her PowerPoint. She actually said to the audience, oh, I don't have my glasses on. What does that last line say? Oh my oh, gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. If you were just going to read the PowerPoint, you might as well just given them the pieces of paper and walked away and they could just read it later. Save I mean, the gas even yeah. driving to the venue. It should be one thought per PowerPoint. It should just be like a line saying, hello. And then you go, hey, my name is, you know, whatever it is. Don't give them all the information. Yeah. So, okay, now you just kind of hit on what is usually the juiciest part of any interview, which is what are some of the worst, most egregious mistakes you've seen people committing? So one of them is this whole PowerPoint presentation, just reading it verbatim. What are some of the other, well, what I had you a share? Young, 
I had a young lady and I don't think she'd ever spoken on a stage before. And I, it was a three day event. And I think she had like five minutes on the last day. And so the first day I see her over talking to my AV team. And so I walk over there and I say, can I help you? Cause they're all getting ready. She goes, well, I want to talk about my microphone and every, I go, I'll take care of your microphone. You're just fine. You know, 15 minutes before you're going to be on stage, come on back here. We'll get you mic'd up. Okay. So then, you know, a couple hours later, I see her and the gentleman who does our videos is eating lunch and he, she's over with him having this animated conversation. And so I go up and I say, excuse me, can I help you? And she goes, well, I'm telling him when he's supposed to zoom in on me. And, and I'm like, um, he's eating lunch right now. Why don't you come over here? I go, by the way, you'll get the raw footage and you can then zoom in on it. You can do whatever it is and you can edit it. But he is just sitting back here doing a one shot. He's not going to follow you for five minutes. Yeah. So then um, it was the break before she was on later. And I look up at the stage and she's on the stage and she's walking around going, she's practicing. Oh my so God. I have to go up there and I said, excuse me, you can't be on the stage. You know, if you want to practice, you have a hotel room or there are other rooms you need to go into. And it really wasn't her fault. She didn't know the business of speaking. So it was a big red flag to me in the beginning, like, oh my goodness, you got to know what questions to ask. There are a series of questions every speaker needs to ask the event team before they get to the event. So they know like, who's introducing me? How am I entering the stage? Am I coming straight up the aisle or are I coming from backstage? Am I going to be mic'd or is there a mic on stage, a hand mic that I need? There are so many questions. And if you don't know to ask them, you're going to be lost when you get there. And so then to close it out, we had a really big stage speaker on stage. And here's the same woman and she's in the back of the room with her camera and she's videotaping. And I walked over and I go, oh, you cannot videotape him. You know, it's not allowed. Oh, I didn't know. And I said, can I see your camera? And I had to delete it, you know, and it wasn't her fault. No, she didn't know. So that's why I say it's important to understand the yeah. business of speaking so that because I went to the host, I said, yeah, she's not on your stage again. <laughs> so she's never going to speak on that stage because it just was too much of a hassle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only was she not presenting well for herself, she was just being a royal pain for everybody involved. And it's taking my time, my yeah. AV time, my, you know, yeah. she didn't know. Yeah. So how would somebody that has this little knowledge of what's involved with speaking at an event, how would she have even gotten on the roster? Is this another one of those pay to play things? Exactly. She went onto the website. There were opportunities to get five minutes on stage. You paid a certain amount of money and she paid it. Now I went to the host because he's a good friend of mine and a client. And I said, you know what, before we do our October event, let's look at all the people that paid Let's figure out which ones have been on your stage before, which ones haven't, and can we reach out to them and do a quick little webinar on the things they need to know so they don't cause the problem. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking forward now yeah. um, for that, but it's not everybody's going to do that. And you're really going to mess up if yeah. you're on a, if you've paid $5,000 or $10,000 to speak on a big stage and you cause those kind of problems. I mean, they're never going to let you speak again. And it could be the perfect audience for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
yeah, if you're that awkward, you're probably not doing any kind of sales from the stage. Or... And I always say, if you don't know, no question is the wrong question. Just ask the event team, what do I need to know? You know, and, and they'll tell you because they want to make their, your life easier. Yeah. Now, speaking of, of you, you had mentioned that she was a younger woman. Um, do you find that with the new generation coming up that has spent the bulk of their adult lives with access to social media and a camera, which kind of gives them a platform, a stage for public speaking of sorts, are they any better prepared for professional speaking from the stage or are they differently prepared or is it a benefit or? You know, I don't, I don't work with a lot of younger, like 20 somethings, mm -hmm. um, because uh, they're not really on my stages. My stages are more geared for entrepreneurs over 50, 40, 50, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but what I have found is a lot of people who speak on your TikTok or Facebook Lives or Instagram Reels are doing everything quick and, and staccato, you know, because mm -hmm. everything, you only have so much time. And when you're on stage, you have to take the time. And you can't talk that fast because the audience can't take it in that fast. Um, but then on the other hand, you find these people that are speakers are so afraid of Facebook Lives and Instagram Reels because it's not a structure that they're comfortable with. And I think that that is, a, they're doing a disservice to themselves. They really need to do those little Facebook Lives and Instagram Reels and Snapchats. I don't think their audience is there, but if that's what mm -hmm. they do. Um just to show their personality and yeah. who they are. Don't get on there and do your your shtick and try and sell your products. Get on there and talk about who you are, what's your life, you know, because that's how people get to know you. Because people, of course, want to know, like, and trust you, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you can get them to know and like you before you step on that stage, they're going to trust you a lot faster and then buy into your products and services. So in some ways, it sounds like people who are veteran speakers almost have to not unlearn the skills that they've learned. You've got to keep that, but you have to kind of relax into this whole other yeah. way of speaking. Well, and be be authentic and yeah. be themselves and show themselves playing with their dogs or walking on the yeah. beach or just having a conversation, you know, yeah. show their lives because everybody is, we're all into everybody else's lives right now. So show who you are at home and, you know, if you're a mom of three kids and I'm a mom of three kids and I see you on stage, I know that you can relate to my pain and everything I'm going yep. through. Exactly. Yeah. And so in fact, it, it, the new technology, not unsurprisingly does afford us a whole other opportunity. Yes. That wasn't there 10, 20 years ago. And if you are a speaker and you're wanting to get on stages, let me tell you, as you're filling out all those forms to get on a stage, they ask you, how many Instagram followers do you have? How many friends on Facebook? Because if you don't have a social media presence, they don't feel like you're going to be able to promote them and you don't have a following and a community. Mm -hmm. So it's important to, to have those things in your toolbox mm -hmm. so that you can get on the bigger stages. Now, just um, kind of parallel to that story, I happened to be speaking to somebody yesterday about the whole issue of buying followers on social media, <laughs> everything from, you know, Instagram, not... I was surprised to find out that it's a big thing on LinkedIn as well. I don't know why I naively thought that it might not be, but um, so is that something now that the event coordinators are going to have to start taking into consideration because what kind of Instagram follower following do you have? Well, it might be like 99% fake. Yeah, but 
we're not going to spend the time to try and get to know that. Yeah. But if we look like when I was first starting on Facebook, somebody told me to boost a, a, a post and do it on um, and pay for it and use it through the Philippines. So I boosted this post on the Philippines and I got thousands of followers through the Ooh, Philippines wow. because they basically, that's what they do is they just follow each other, whatever. And it was on my business page and it totally put a red flag on my business page. Now this was years ago. Yeah. Um, and I don't really pay a lot of attention to my business page because nobody wants to be friends with me on business. They want to be friends with me personally. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost to 5,000 followers on Facebook and, but it's been authentic and it's been generic and it's been, you know, and it's the same with Instagram. I, you know, you see the young girls that are like sexy and cute or whatever, and they've got thousands of followers. Yeah, I don't have those followers, but you know, I have a very strong following and a very engaged following, but I too didn't know that you could buy LinkedIn followers. That wasn't, that's new information to me, but I would never do that because no. I would rather be who I am and authentically and show up. Um, because if you say you have 10,000 here and 5,000 here and your reach is so big and then you go out there and they get nothing in return, then they're going to say, oh, she, you know, she lied. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But what I do want to say is if you are a speaker and you do not have a reel of you speaking on YouTube, you better get one. That's where we go. Event planners will Google your name in YouTube mm -hmm. and to find out, can she walk? Can she talk and chew gum? You know, we want to see you speak. Yep. And if you don't have one in this virtual world, great opportunity, open up your Zoom and pretend you're giving a speech and go, hey, put in the chat if you're with me. Oh, great. Yeah, you're with me. Oh, Sue's with me. And just pretend. Mm -hmm. I said, at least then we have the opportunity to see that you can talk. Mm -hmm. You have a good message. You have a good energy, you know, and you can relate to your audience, that kind of thing. But if you have nothing, then it shows that um, you're not speaking on stages. Yeah. Well, shouldn't anybody who's actually putting in application to speak, have a speaker reel of oh, at should. least some size. But some speaker reels, like I, I have a friend who was the head of a networking group. So she was in front of the networking group speaking every month. Mm -hmm. So she had all these pictures of her in different outfits or whatever, speaking yeah. at different angles, but they were all at the same networking group. And she did a voiceover and added some music. She'd never spoken on big stages. So you kind of go, oh, you know, so I would rather have it a four minute signature talk of just you because I'm more interested in the message, not mm -hmm. the audience. You know, I want to know who you are on stage. I, I tend to go for a certain energy when I have people speak on my stage. So people come to my events, they know it's high energy. The speakers are outgoing and engaging, you know, it's not woo woo and, you know, it's not that kind of feel. That's just yep. not who I am. Yep. And so that's what I'm looking for. So I see that when I see you speak, I'm not going to see that with cuts to different things. True, true, true. So is that something you can actually train people when people are working with you? Because you, you have a number of different programs and ways that people can work with you to learn all this stuff. Can you actually train them up to that energy or is it just like, no, you're meant for this kind of stage or? Well, exactly. And if that's where you're meant, that's fine. Like I'm training a guy right now who's in cybersecurity. 
He's not going to go up there with a bunch of energy and like, he's going to be working with a bunch of companies and corporations about cybersecurity. He needs to know his stuff and yeah. he needs to use the right verbiage and he needs to have the right stories mm -hmm. in there. So it depends on what your message is and who your audience is. It changes. You mm -hmm. know, if you're talking corporate, it's going to be a whole different energy than if you're talking, you know, young millennials. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's different. So, you train for the audience that you're going to be speaking to. I don't just train for high energy. That's who I look for. Yeah. But if that's not who you are, if you're more woo-woo, yeah. absolutely, you should be more woo-woo. And you need to have that energy because that's how the audience is going to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you ever stepped in front of someone who's like really mild and in control like me? You know, they're very, uh, and then I jump in there. Hi, I'm Tony. And I scare the hell out of them because I have too much energy, you know? So, or vice versa, you're used yeah. to, you're looking for some kind of energy and then you get somebody that's just kind of yeah. comparatively lackluster. Yeah. So for so, me, I always go for the audience. What is the, who's your ideal audience? We need to gear your message to that audience. Now, with that said, in that there are all these different ways you, you have to kind of categorize people. Can you work with people in groups or do you have to just, how, how do you work with people who, who decided I want to make speaking from the stage something that helps me grow my business? My program's a group program. I okay. like groups because then you get the feedback from other people and it's just a different energy and the one-on-one, -on -one, it's great for some people. I, I like the energy of a room. So I have six to 10 people in my groups. So mm -hmm. it's small enough to where they get their questions answered and they get they get what they need, but it's large enough to where they can get feedback from other types of individuals and personalities. Because, you know, not everything I know is perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. And someone will say something like, well, no, I took that this way. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, okay, let's look at that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Lots of input. Yeah. So how, how long would somebody be in a program with you? Are these like, how long does it take? It's a, it's a 90 day intensive. I do. A, I'm not one that wants you to go for a year. I just, I want you to get what you need. And then I want you to fly. I want you to just go and, and start booking gigs. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So once they've done all their work with you, they can do that. Yes. And I bring in, I have experts. Um, you're one of my experts. You're going to be sharing with podcasting. I have a woman who talks about captivating the crowd. Another woman who talks about branding. I bring in those experts. I, you know, I'm the first one to tell you, I don't know everything. I know the business of speaking. And mm -hmm. then they're going to teach you messaging and styling. You know, I bring in all those experts so that you get a 360 view of everything about the speaking world. Oh, that sounds just so fun if nothing else but like yeah so and and educational fun and like what an amazing thing to, to be developing yeah wow. it, it so, is exciting so what have you got coming up is one of these programs starting soon yeah i have a um kickoff date for my 90-day intensive which is june the 22nd Ooh. i have six people that are in that i have another couple of openings that we can add in there and then i'm doing a master class july 21st which is um, maximizing your impact on stage. It's an hour and a half. It's a free uh, masterclass. So that's available as well. Is that something that you run often? Well, I've just started those because of COVID. Okay. Yes. So um, I'm going to be doing them once a quarter. Because I think I caught your last one. Yeah. It was amazing. Thank you. It was so informative, engaging, entertaining. 
I, yeah, just, I, I, I just came to check you out. I wasn't like thinking of, but by the end of it, I was thinking maybe I should consider speaking from the stage. It was, it's a great event you put on. Oh, and by the way, you should consider speaking from the stage. You'd be amazing. Bet you say that to all the girls. No, I don't. No, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an honest kind of girl. No, you'd be great. So Tony, if anybody like myself is at the end of this conversation, kind of having thoughts about, hmm, maybe I should be thinking about it. What last words would you want to leave people with? I would just say that if you're in business and you want to hit the most people and you have a great, great message to share that you need to get on stage to do it because there is someone out there waiting for you and your message because it's going to relate to them and they're going to go, oh my God, I need to work with them. And just wouldn't it be great to step on that stage and feel that power because there's a power in handing into handing that microphone and talking and getting the energy of the audience. It's, it's very special. And if that's where your life is leading you and you want to get out there and get your message to more people, then stop thinking about it. Stop waiting until it's perfect. Just start doing it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here and telling me all about this and all the links for everything that, that you're sharing your, any way to get in touch with you and upcoming events will be in the notes below, both in the podcast and in the video. I highly recommend if you are thinking about it, Tony's the person get in touch with her. Thank you so much for being with me today, Tony. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Did you know that podcast guesting being the featured guest interviewed on podcasts is one of the hottest 2021 ways to build brand audience and your business? to get your unique message and personality out there to those who need to hear it. As a podcaster myself and a business consultant, I help turn entrepreneurs into business people who can proficiently and profitably use podcast guesting as a powerful part of their marketing plan. Want to know more? You can download the five-step guide below in the notes, or if you really want to get moving on it, book a call and let's map out how we could make it part of your marketing plan.